Hi, I'm Dr. AJ Lee, a manager of customer success and learning implementation strategist at Franklin Covey. Welcome back to Be a Better Leader. This season, we're talking about recharging. We want to help you recharge your leaders, recharge your teams, recharge your culture, and recharge your results. With constant demands and competing priorities, we know that all leaders must help their teams identify the most important tasks and find a way to get them done. Few things can burn a team out more than feeling that they're not achieving their top priorities. I'm excited to be joined today by Chris Lang, one of our Franklin Covey senior consultants, to help us talk about how we can help our teams approach this common hurdle. Chris, good to be with you. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks, AJ. My pleasure. Absolutely. So one of the tools we teach and incorporate into much of the work we do at Franklin Covey is called the Time Matrix. Mm. Can you describe to those listening what exactly is the Time Matrix? Yeah, happy to. You know, the Time Matrix is one of my favorite, favorite tools. In fact, it is in my opinion, one of the most impactful time management tools that that has ever been created. And it's, you know, I think first to understand this thing called the time matrix and how it helps us to be aware of how we're using our time on a daily basis uh, is to really just take a step back because there are two key terms that I think uh, are really the foundation of the matrix. And those two terms are importance and urgency. Now, those sound like pretty you know, simple terms, important and urgency, but really, if you ask a group what those are, it's, it's the, the, sometimes you'll get some blank faces. And now, importance, when we think about that, these are things that are really in line with our key mission, vision, values that we have in our lives. Um, and the challenge is, if we don't focus on things that are truly important to us, a lot of negative things can happen. There are long-term serious consequences to those. Uh, we miss a goal. We damage a relationship. Uh, maybe we get fired from our job. These are all consequences to neglecting the important. Then you have these things called urgent activities. Now, urgent activities, and we love these, right? We're, in fact, many ways wired for urgency, but these are things that are pressing and compelling, and they demand from us immediate action. So the matrix is really, comes back to being a combination of those two terms that, for, that, that creates four different quadrants representing how we use our time every single day. And all of us on the call, all of us listening to this, to this podcast We spend all of our time in those quadrants each and every single day. I love how you broke that down, Chris. Just focusing on those first two terms, right? Important Mm -hmm. and urgent, making sure that it's aligned to the mission, vision, values. Um, When we talk about each of those, when leaders are thinking about this, I'm sure they're visualizing Mm -hmm. the time matrix based on how you described it. How can they start to effectively identify and differentiate between urgent and important tasks or activities that they're expected to do? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it, it comes back to really first understanding what these quadrants are, how importance and how urgency, how they fit together. If it, Look, if you want to change any behavior in your life, any habit, 
the first thing we need to do is be aware of it, right? The old phrase that a habit that goes unrecognized goes unchanged. And so this matrix is really a great way to identify how we're using our time. So if in it, if, you know, for the folks that are listening, if, if you even drew out on a piece of scrap paper next to you, just, just across four different quadrants. And how it gets broken down is this way. You know, some of it, well, really all of us at some point in our day or week are spending time in what we call quadrant one. Now, we also call this the quadrant of necessity. These are things that are both important and urgent. And these are the crises in our lives, right? The server goes down at work or, or uh, you know, our manager has a request or a customer has a, has a crisis or our kid gets sick at school, right? We drop everything to do that. And that's a very stressful quadrant to be in. Um, and as I teach this matrix to leaders across the country, I want them to think about this as an economic model. Because really, uh, AJ, have you heard the term, you know, time is? Money. You got it. Time <laughs> is money. And so you want to think about this as a true economic model. So if you spend time in that crisis all day, the best that we're going to get for that investment of our time is an equal return on our investment. Now, we also get pulled into a quadrant called quadrant three, which is the intersection of things that are still urgent, but not that important, right? Have you, we, all, we all go through these, don't we? You know, this can be the, uh, the CC'd email or, the, uh, or the somebody else's minor issue. And I know this has never happened to anybody listening to this, but maybe, just maybe, we get called into an unproductive meeting. And, and these kinds of things can happen. And that's a Q3. And those two quadrants are very, very stressful. They act on us. And, and uh, sometimes we just need to escape from those, right? They're very stressful. So good. So good. And, yeah. and I just want to go back to a quote you shared, Chris, that habit, a habit that goes unrecognized goes unchanged. And I think that's mm. the foundation of what we're talking about, right? It, it, it takes a right. lot to change these behaviors, but with this self-awareness, with the simplicity of understanding the time matrix and identifying where we find ourselves more frequently, we can feel more confident in making sure that we're putting the the top priorities in the right place for us. It, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And, and 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 so we, you know, here we are recognizing the things that most of us do. Most cultures, if you if you look at leadership cultures, business cultures, they really sit within the one three cultures. Most that I consult with spend all their day in that Q one and Q three, and they're just always in crisis and and running around. We call it many times the whirlwind of the day today, and it's. As my friend Chris McChesney said, it's the ruin is often undefeated in many organizations. But sometimes then we want to escape that, right? People are saying, well, what about the other quadrants? Well, there is a quadrant that is unimportant, right? It's not important and not urgent. And we call this the quadrant of waste. And I think we get so stressed out from being in one and three that we want to go over to what we call quadrant four, which is waste. And these would be things as examples, excessive gossip or television or, or, um, or um, you know, surfing on the internet. In fact, I was working, you get a kick out of this, AJ, I was working with a company that did media advertising. And I asked them, I said, uh, how much time a week does the average American watch television? What do you think they said? Take they might have, I mean, if people have 40 hour work weeks, maybe like they assumed only 10 hours or so at first. 
that's what I would have said, something like that, because I don't watch a whole lot of TV. They said it's 35 hours a week of television. Wow. And they would know because they, they're the one marketing to us. So you see that, and that's not watching your favorite TV show. This is, you know, people get into just binging and, 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 and that's the Q4 range. And there's a zero return from spending time there. So we want to spend our time and be aware if we're going to change our behaviors and get a high return on investment from our invested time, we want to spend time in what we call Q2. And that's the quadrant of productivity. And here we find things like working on our goals before they're a crisis, right? Not procrastinating, working on them before they're a crisis. These we'll also find activities like uh, planning and prevention type activities. This is where we build relationships. This is where we renew ourselves, replenish ourselves, sharpen the saw, we call it. And yes, this is even where watching your favorite TV show is. You can watch your favorite TV show. Just don't binge all eight seasons on a Saturday and neglect everything else. But, and that's the matrix. And, and, and by focusing on those quadrants, we become very aware of how we're using our time. And once we're aware, we can then change our behavior. So good and so clear. When we think about those different quadrants and knowing how we use them is very important for leaders, in many cases, they do find themselves in the whirlwind and how they're functioning impacts their team directly. Uh, so what can a leader do to foster a culture that encourages their team to work smarter through more mindful understanding of the quadrants and their time management and prioritization? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. And there's so many things leaders can do. Uh, to help their team. First, I would, I would recommend, you know, once they understand the matrix, to use it as a tool. These things are meant to be tangibly used. Uh, for instance, there's many times where I've gone into an organization and just drawn out the matrix on a whiteboard, right? And had discussions around it. So if you're a leader on the call and you're listening and, you, and you're going through a new project right now, or maybe you, you, there's a change, right? That's happening. And change is the only constant, right? So uh, there's a change happening in your organization. Uh, this is a phenomenal tool just to have those discussions with your team, right? Because the language that you start using creates the culture. And so having a discussion around, okay, team, what are we doing right now on this project that's falling within Q1s? What are Q1s that keep coming up? The important and urgent. What are some of the things that have been really urgent pulling on us, but are not that important. And by asking these questions, you can say things like, okay, well, what important things can we focus on now that will help us to minimize or eliminate some of those crises in our lives? So, so, so these are some things that I think a team can do um, to, to, um, you know, to build it as part of their, part of their culture. Amazing, amazing. Language creates the culture, right? And if we're able to use the simple terms Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, we're, we're allowing for that dialogue around prioritization. Uh, from your interaction globally with different clients, Chris, yeah. have you found any good examples of a leader that's done this super well? Practically, how have they been able to build a Q2 culture themselves? <laughs> Yeah, uh, great, great question on that. The um, what what I find the best things for leaders to do, um, uh, what I've found with people who really model it well, 
it's funny, you'll go back into the organizations and I don't even have to be teaching something that's time management related. I could be in there teaching building business acumen or, or speed of trust or the, you know, um, uh, leader, some leadership program that we have. And what you notice from the top leaders is they use this language. You'll hear it within the culture. You'll hear people even throughout the workshop day saying to each other, hey, is that a Q2 or 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 is this a Q3 or is it really a, is, is it a Q1? And they'll start using this language back and forth. So I've seen leaders that that have one use the language that way and, and, and institutionalize it as a collective on their teams. One other thing that I've seen from great leaders, and, and we know that if great leaders walk the walk, right? Uh, the first thing that people look at when they get hired onto a team is what's the leader's credibility like? They don't, it's not about the company. It's not about the product. It's about the leader's credibility and leaders need to model this. And let me give you an example of, uh, and this came up in a workshop recently and it, it hit home with me because it's something that, that I did, um, that I, you know, years ago, uh, when I was a senior leader, a senior executive, I, I was busy. I was working seven days a week, like many people listening to this are. And I just remember that just to save myself a little bit of time on a Sunday afternoon when the kids were off doing something and I would sit down on my computer and say, hey, it's a great time having a nice tea on the porch and saying it's a great time to do some emails. So I would I would write these emails on a Sunday afternoon and I would hit send and they would go to my managers. They would go to my employees and what I didn't realize that I was doing, you know, I was throwing my team into Q3 because there they were with their children, with their spouse, out having a great day, a fun time on a Sunday. And they got this email from their boss and immediately in their mind, they thought it was a Q1. But really, well, all I was doing as a leader was throwing them into Q3. And, and, and I, or that, was a, that was a lesson for me. And, uh, so there you go. That's such a good example, Chris, because I think a lot of us find ourselves in that same spot. We feel like we're almost, we're just checking the things off of our own box, right? We're just getting it done. And that consideration of what's happening on the other side, the understanding that you can always hit delay send, right? So you could have all those emails ready and then delayed to, to send Monday morning at 9 a.m. when everyone's in, um, if you're in a global org, right? Those types of things. <sighs> can, they're difference makers, they're, they're change agents when you're able to actually apply. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and, and the thing is about all of this, it, it forces us to ask some powerful questions. I was reading this, it's a great article. One of the best business articles I've ever read was um, in Harvard Business Review, and it was called How I Learned to Let My Workers Lead. And that was, it was by Ralph Steyer. And, and there was one line in there that said, the questions are the answers. And it's so true because here now we have the matrix and we can start asking really powerful questions. For instance, with the situation I just shared with you, um, you know, I realize that when I asked the question, what was I doing as a leader that was putting my team into Q3? Boy, there was the answer. And by the way, Q3 will bankrupt the business. It'll bankrupt the relationship. Uh, it, one of the leading causes of turnover is Q3. Who wants to work all week and be busy, 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 look back and say, gosh, I was busy, but what did I really do this week? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to do that. So people will leave organizations because of that. You can ask other great questions around the matrix like, okay, well, throughout the day, just stop, pause. 
and clarify. Ask yourself a clarifying question. Gee, which quadrant am I in right now? Uh, how long have I been here? <laughs> what are the consequences of me staying here? And these questions can really, uh, really make a difference because you get out of that reactive part of your brain and now you're in the proactive uh, prefrontal cortex, right? Where we, that's where all the planning happens and all the higher level thinking happens. So let's get out of the reptilian part of our brain. Ask powerful questions. Yes, exactly. Just, just to be able to stop, pause, and then reflect. And I think that ties mm -hmm. in so well to the, the whole theme of this conversation, which is recharge, right? How can we recharge our leaders, our teams, our culture? And you've described so well how we can do that with the, the time matrix itself. Thinking about everything you've already shared, is there one key additional takeaway that you would leave this, this audience with in terms of a, a charge or a challenge or an encouragement if they find themselves through self-reflection more in Q1 or assigning those Q, allowing their team to dive into Q3 unexpectedly? Sure. And, and I... When I, when I answer this, I have to refer to, to the best. I have to refer to uh, Stephen Covey, and, you know, who had such an amazing impact and influence on, on the planet, really. And he said this, if, if you want to do one thing, just one thing, to improve your productivity, your balance, your effectiveness, more than anything else, it's this. He said, make sure that you're planning your week each week before your week begins, don't wait till Monday morning and plan your week out, right? Do it before the week begins. Sounds like a simple thing. Um, but in that act alone, right, making sure that every single week we are asking ourselves, what are some Q2 things I can do? Things that I'm choosing to do, not have to do's, choosing to do's. What are th some things that I can choose to do in all the key areas of my life? Father, mother, sister, brother. Right. What are some things I can do that will have the biggest impact? Sometimes we call that the big rocks question, right? But it's, it's just making sure that we get those things in our calendar because ultimately at the end of the day, what gets scheduled gets done. And if you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. And so all these Q2s that we're thinking about, right, that we want to focus on, that will bring us happiness and joy and, and peace of mind in our life, all these things, if we do not get them in our calendar, right, they're just great ideas. Edison said ideas without execution are simply hallucination. Mm. And so we want to make sure that we're getting those in our calendar. And if, that, if, if there's one thing that I would impress upon the leaders, not only doing that yourself, but we should be doing consistent one-on-ones. In the one-on-ones, why not ask the same question? I used to do that on my team. What's the single most important thing you can do for your role this week? And, and making sure we're choosing to do something powerful for the week. For those that, that can't see us, I'm over here just nodding, Chris. Like I'm taking notes and I'm nodding. I hope others are doing the same. And I'm smiling because every single thing you're sharing is spot on when we're finding ourselves caught in the whirlwind, feeling overwhelmed, you just giving that practical example of asking, what are some Q2 things that I can choose to do that will have the biggest impact, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. There are always choose to do's, not have to do's, um, because the have to do's equal return or less. It's the choose to do, right? That, and, and that's hard because it takes courage. It takes discipline. 
It takes personal integrity to do those things. So you can you can learn all the skills of time management, but if you got to employ those kind of you know those principles are always at play when it comes to time management. Chris, thank you so much for your time. You mentioned what gets scheduled gets done. And I think that's the mic drop moment of our conversation. Truly appreciate having your insights and wisdom shared. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. And a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for those listeners who'd like more productivity insights, please download our free guide, Manage Your Time Like a Pro. You can find a link to it in the show notes or visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. Mm -hmm.